Hello, everyone, and welcome to first episode of Unfiltered Naked Truth. Here is Andy, and I'm Rami. Yes, we are here. The very We're, first one. The very first one. We're going to tell you what is all about this podcast, how we came up with it. This is going to be our introduction, but we're glad doing this because a lot of people, they don't have a boss to tell the truth. And here you go. This is who we are. This is it. This is it. We are going to be telling the truth. So if you are offended easily or you're offended by bad words or your mom raised you as a pussy, you <laughs> probably shouldn't watch this any longer. You should probably just grow Crawl back in your mom's basement and stay there forever. Yep. This isn't for you. It's not definitely because we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about business, mindset, life, everything. We're going to talk about everything. Anything that we have experienced and we have done and from the failing to oh, winning, yeah. everything, everything. Absolutely. You ever failed? Oh, shit. Yeah, many, many times, many times. But let's first start it. Who is Andy? Oh, do we want to start with me? Yeah, yeah. You you go first. Oh my god! <laughs> because we have our whiskey. Yeah, we, and then we, we have our tiramisu, and we're having fun. We are this having is fun. fun. This is fucking fun. It is fun. All I right, love who, it. Who is Andy? All right, so uh, probably the best story is I grew up in a family-owned business. Um, my family owned a moving business. Um, the labor laws at my house were: if you're old enough to carry something, you're old enough to go to work. Wow. Um, I have an article from my that was my grandfather's from 1954 that shows my dad in the picture with my great uncle at 14. So labor laws were the same. You're old enough to go to work. You're old enough to carry something. You can come with me. So started in that. Um, my dad and I had a disagreement. I left that business. Jody and I started our first business. Jody's your wife. Oh yeah, Jody's my wife. She is my better half. Do not blame her for anything. She's this a lovely lady. <laughs> That's right. She's so fun, guys. She's so fun. Yeah, don't blame her for anything that I say. Um, we started our first business um, back in 1994. Jody had a design um, PR communication company. Um, we started a sales and marketing and, and uh, consulting business, uh, manufacturing rep. We covered five of the states up north, all the warm ones, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North and South Dakota. Um, had that business for about 12 years. We sold that business to a gentleman that worked with me. I left that business, went to corporate America, where I was senior vice president of uh, sales and marketing, where I tell everybody, you know, in the corporate world where my soul was stolen. And then looking at uh, what the communities needed and what was going on, I was looking at, well, what do I want to do next? That company ended up in receivership. I joke with people, I got my second MBA and that of all the <laughs> shit that owners should never do, right? And so I, uh, August, uh, August of 2011, I bought my um, business coaching and executive coaching business. And this is all I've done, 365, 24-7 for the last 12 years. And we help hundreds of businesses, leadership courses and business wow. courses and failing and, you know, having to be politically correct. And, you know, probably the most important thing that I didn't tell you yet, but uh, one of the reasons I do what I do and my why is in 2008, I was with my wife, um, our kids, they were young at that time. I opened the newspaper and in the newspaper, I was reading the articles, you know, you guys remember the newspaper, you opened it, you read it. You know, it was one of those things that wasn't online, and it was really interesting. My eyes went right to the bankruptcies. 
and to my utmost astonishment was my dad and my aunt. And they had to file bankruptcy to get out from underneath the business that they were in. Now, I can sit here today and say, my dad and I have great conversations. You know, we don't know what we don't know. But having families go into bankruptcy, it sucks. It really does suck. And so that's why we're here today. You know, we're 13 years into this. I'm 54. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to say all the things here that a lot of people never want to hear. That's the beauty of unfiltered naked truth. That's right. Unfiltered. 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 And look, if you guys look this up and you're a pervert and it says naked in it, yeah. please, come on, guys. You don't want to see any part of this naked. Okay? Yeah, yeah. This is Andy, guy. This is a guy you're going to deal with. And you you haven't heard about me yet. And oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to get there in just a second. Be, that would be a full <laughs> fucking package. But... I'm Rami, and, you know, uh, I came to United States in 1994 as an immigrant, Iranian immigrant, washed dishes, and uh, Oasis Pizza, it was a local pizza place for $3 an hour. Here in, the, here in Texas? Here in Texas, in no Austin, shit. Texas, in Wells Branch. I thought your accent was from, like, down, like, by the Rio Grande. No, no, that that's that's the other story. Oh, okay, you know? got it, got that's it. That's the other story. Que paso, amigo? But... <laughs> but you know, is is is, uh, and then after that, you know, I I I I ran as a I ran the pizza place as a manager. Then I went to another Italian restaurant. I started a dishwasher again, and you know, I went up the rank, and I was a general manager there. Finally, after four or five years, I bought my own restaurant in downtown Austin, Piccolo Italian Restaurant, and sold that in 2010, I believe. After that, I started consulting with Jack in the Box, Blockbuster, Custom Service Management. And then, you know, I went to university. I got my degree at age 40. Never is too fucking late, guys. I got my degree at age 40. I was a 3.9 GPA, you know, speaker students for the commencement ceremony. And it was fun. After that, you know, I started Optic Tour Agency, technology company, digital marketing with the Google. And then... Now it's a black ops agency. I serve. Wait yep. till we get into that. Yeah, That's... I can. You know, it's just that black ops is 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 got a story. But here I am, and we want to share. I want to share my experiences with all of you, with Andy. Maybe you guys, we can learn something. We are not perfect at all. Oh, we oh. we fuck up every day. We we I'll fell to that. Yeah, we 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 you know we fell every day. Boy, we get back up, dust ourselves, and keep going. And we lead people, and we're trying to be an example for our employees, for our for our friends and the family and everybody else. But nobody's perfect. That's what we are here. We're going to talk yeah. about life, entrepreneurship, and everything, everything, everything that we're going to discuss. And you might pick something, and that will help you and get you going in your personal or your business life. This is the free consulting. Exactly, so exactly. You have action coach here, you know. Don't look at him. He is fucking good for what he does. As a matter of fact, I'm one of his clients. <laughs> well, the verdict's out yet. You haven't been fired yet. No, no, no. He's good. He has slapped you with the fish. He's going to tell you that in story. <laughs> oh, so, my God. That's so funny. All right. So I have a, just an immense amount of respect for you just in the backstory. So I, I know this is unscripted, everybody. So we're just yes. jumping in. And some of my... Um, um, guilty pleasures are asking questions. So I, all right. So how old were you when you immigrated here? I was 25, 26. 
25, 26. So I am 56. Oh, nice, nice. So I, I obviously, um, I've heard all my stories. So just a little bit to go with that. So my grandmother and grandfather immigrated to the United States in the early 1917s. We have the paperwork and then um, my great my great grandfather died, and then my great grandmother went back to wow. Italy and put her four kids in an orphanage for a couple of years while she was finding a suitor, and then came back. And then there's nine of them, and it's been it's a great family story. But I can I can live through her, but I think it's really important when you talk about tenacity, right? Yep. Tenacity, never fucking giving up, never, never. So I have it easy, and I will I will say this out loud. Um, we were joking one time. My son-in-law thought I should name my white Jeep White Privilege. <laughs> okay. So, so, and, I, and I'm was, saying it. That was, that's but, Andy, guys. Yeah, but you, you look at it like this. I am a white male. Okay. I do not know what it's like. To be an immigrant. To be an immigrant, let alone an immigrant who's uh, 25 years old. You know, I, I lived in a in a world where... I lived in a small community. People knew me. I thought I had a lot of imposter syndrome. But tell the folks here, how hard is it to uproot yourself from your your home and come to a place? So talk us through what was your guiding factors? You know, it's, it's uh, you know, thank you for asking that question. But I can tell you that it's very hard. And those years, as you know, it was not like today rough it was brutal you know i was getting like a three dollars an hour and the guy said i'll give you a cash because i didn't have a social security i was waiting for my social security card anyway no transportation but when you come to a new country the first thing is a language how you're going to communicate with the right. people and i couldn't even speak english i remember i was a dishwasher this pizza delivery guy his name was kevin walk in he walked in and said what's up and I was looking at the fucking ceiling. I thought, well, what, what is up there? <laughs> that was so stupid what I'm thinking right now. But I couldn't understand English. And, you know, and they may make fun of me. And they're just laughing. And just every time they would say something, I wouldn't get it. And I said, okay, you son of a bitches, you know, wait. And I started writing shit down on a little notebook. And the next time he came to the store, I said, and he was busy. He, was, he had to grab a pizza and go delivery. And I said, Kevin, what's up? He said, hey, man, nothing going on. I'm so busy. And I said, shit. <laughs> what's up equals nothing going on. I am busy. And the next time he came and said, hey, what's up? I said, nothing going on. I'm busy. And he said, oh, motherfucker, you got it. <laughs> that was my story, how I learned English through audiobooks and all that stuff. I had a Walkman. You remember Walkman? Yes, I had we several of them. Yeah. Old. Yeah. Uh, Walkman, for those of you that are of our age, um, it was a, were your, was yours the CD Walkman? What was it? Cassette. The cassette. All right, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. The cassette. You guys don't remember those? Go ask your parents. Okay, so. I had that, and then I had uh, Tony Robbins, you know, Within Destiny, and oh, I learned, I learned English to new Tony Robbins, to be honest with you. I couldn't understand 80% of it, and I said, the only way I want to learn English, I have to listen to is every day, every day. And I start listening to it, listening to it, and I start getting it, getting it. And I start taking a couple of classes in the church, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. My English got better, talk to the people. But, you know, when you come to a country, 
that you are immigrant is really hard because I didn't have anybody except my high school sweetheart that I came here, get, got married after two weeks, and I got divorced after 14 years. Marriage. I love but, it when a plan know, comes yeah, together. Yeah, all that stuff. But yeah, been, we've been through, yeah, no, not you. I've been through a lot. But he's been through a lot. But yeah. you, you, that's, let's just keep going on that. We'll come back and, to your two weeks. I'm like, man, you must have been a rock star in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come to this country when I, I was in Germany because a little bit going back, I was in Iran and I served in the military during the Iran-Iraq war for almost four years. I was in special forces. You know, PTSD, name it, everything else. And I came back from the war. Is a guy loose, you know, fucked up in the mind. And, you know, my doctor, my psychologist said, hey, you got to go change your environment. You got to go somewhere. Go to Europe with your sister. And I said, well, I'm going to go to Germany. And I went to Germany, and that didn't work out because people are so fucking cold. And hospitality wasn't like here. And I told my dad, he was there for visiting my sister. I said, dad, I want to go to the United States. This chick... That I love back home. She's in the United States now. And he said, are you fucking crazy? I can't give you money. I'm not rich. Well, you're going to go to a country you have nobody. You can't even speak the language. Make the story short, I got a ticket. I got a, I got a visa. And I went to Chicago, Chicago, Dallas, Dallas, Austin. And came down here. And I didn't tell her I'm here. I called him from the airport. I said, hey, it's fucking hot in here. He said, where you at? I said, in Dallas. I'm going to be in Austin. He said, what? And four weeks later, we got married. Anyway, but my dad thought I'm crazy. And what? when I think that time, what I made that decision, would I make it right now? Eh, it would be a little bit different. But I was young, and I said, fuck it, I want to go do it. It's not worth than dying. I served in the war. I didn't fucking die. I'm not going to die here. And I had $475 in my pocket with a, a gym bag. That's it. And I went to town. I worked hard, and I got you know, to the restaurant. It was restaurant tours and all that stuff that I told you. But overall, it's, it's tough. When you're an immigrant, that's what I understand. A lot of immigrants, they come into this country, and everybody's saying that, oh, these guys, they got everywhere. Because we didn't have that fucking shit back home. No. Like during the war, we were standing in line for the piece of like a couple of pieces of bread and a block of cheese for an hour and a half to get our, our thing because it was a war. It was, a, it was hard. Now, you know, when you come here, you say, oh, I can be anybody I want to be. I can have anything I want to have. As you always say, capitalist. Yeah. But, but so just, just really quick on that. So let's stop there for just a second. I want to just rewind a little bit and go back to that tenacity. You said you can have whatever you want. Talk the folks here through the unfiltered version of can you actually have anything you want when you show up here with a gym bag, 475, and don't have anybody? Yes, you can. Why? Because I always say, how bad do you want it? I kind of burned the bridges behind me. They said, if you want to be successful, burn the boat. Or you want to, you know? Oh yeah, I've heard know, that many the, times. Use that it. line. Yeah. yeah, use that line. Yeah, burn the boat. You know, you literally let yeah, it. Yeah, you want to capture the island, burn the boat. And I said, that's it. This is what I want to do. But it's dark. How many times I cried? God knows. You know, it was scary, financially, emotionally, miss home, homesick, all that shit. And you don't have anybody. You can't communicate with every anybody. It's really hard. But as you're, as you asked, 
is how bad do you want it? And I'm asking you, how bad do you want it? Anything that you want to do right now, like 30 years past, I'm sitting here successful doing this, doing that, paid the price, paid our dues or whatever you call it, but it's all end up to how bad do you want it? Interesting. So do you think that's a lost art? This really isn't an interview series, but he has my... My antennas up that I really want to know the answers to these. So, do you think that's a lost art of how bad do you want it? Yeah. So, like, what what would you tell uh, a comrade in arms, even thirty years later, that served in the war with you, that has seen the things that you have, that is still that has just called you yesterday and said, you know what, I want to come to America. What would you say to them? I had actually a situation that the people they said that I want to come to the United States, and I told them. Now is a lot of stuff changed. It's very more competitive. The technology, everything is. But I say again, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to wash dishes? I don't care if you are a professor. And this guy, they asked me, he was a professor teaching at the university, but he can't transfer his stuff. They, he's got to go to the things. He doesn't know the language and all that stuff. I said, you're going to start working the restaurant. You're going to wash dishes. You're going to wait tables. You're going to whatever you have to do. Are you willing to pay the price? And most of the people, they're not willing to pay the price. I think that's a common denominator with all of us, right? It's the, you say, burn the boats. It's it's that moment of truth. It's the... And, you it's know, an unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered moment of it's truth. It's a naked you, truth. You know, it's interesting. It is so... You got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, but how many people are actually honest with themselves? How because many people are willing to look in the mirror and go, you know, you're a fuck up. Are you going to change? Are you... You're, you are not... You keep telling yourself you're this, you're that, you're, I call it the imposter syndrome that I had. Because most of the people, they're living for other people. You know, I can tell you that how many times I talk to people, and you have seen it, Mm -hmm. talk to the people, and, oh, I'm not going to do this. I don't know what they're going to think about me or do that. Go fucking do what you love. Because they're going to judge you no matter what. Yeah. It's a perception. You can't change people. You know, I was washing dishes, and I had people the same time that they came to United States with me. They didn't tell anybody where they worked because they were shame of it. So, I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Shame. But that's that's a cultural effect of today. I mean, we're working around these young men. Yes. The culture today is shame, guilt, They're smarter than us. So, I'm telling you. I'm well, telling we already you. knew that. Shh. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We yeah, them. Yeah. Shh. You know, we know they're smarter sometimes, than us. Sometimes, you know, I have a staff and I raise my hand and say, can you help me out with this? I know technology very well, but sometimes, <clears throat> right, the generation changed, their, their mindset changed, but you have to adapt and you have to really, you really wanted it. But some people, they don't think like that because they don't want to be vulnerable. They think if vulnerability is a sign of weakness. If you're vulnerable, it's not fucking sign of weakness. It's a sign of courage. Yes, Especially now, I would say you revert back thirty years ago. That was an unknown trait. I mean, so you you came here in nineteen ninety four, worked yeah. twenty nine years. I mean, I always joke about that. I mean, you know, I I I have fond memories of of my family and in the moving business, and that's all I ever wanted to do. But I can tell you. We didn't talk about fluffy shit. We didn't hold hands. We sure as fuck didn't hug. So strict. Yeah, we like we didn't talk about I love you and all that stuff. Really? But, oh no. Uh uh-uh. uh But you you look at it. But we knew we were loved. 
we knew it, but we didn't talk about it. So going back to you say about, you know, cur- the vulnerability. And I always say that name wrong. So if you guys are going to make fun of me, have at it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. My kids make fun of me. Vulnerable. Right. Vulnerable. But, you know, and it's really funny. You know, Brene Brown. Um, I'm not name dropping. I don't know the woman. But I love she's, it. She's she has great. got some great information. And I remember um, her Netflix special. I think she's in Dallas. She is. No, Houston. She's in, she's Houston. in Houston. Yes. So she I can did. remember my wife's like, you're going to watch this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not watching any of that fluffy horse shit. And I have a point. To you. I'm going to go back to your vulnerability. And um, she's like, yes, you are. And so we're in. We're stuck in the car. And she's like, hey, I want you to listen to this. I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to this. So she grabbed my phone. She plugged it in. She turned on the radio. And she turned it up really loud. <laughs> and it's, you know, it was compromise. Yeah. It's called compromise, yeah. you know, voluntold, whatever it is. But, and all of a sudden I'm like, no, no, rewind that. Oh my God, rewind that again. Sorry, I'm touching your leg. I'm no, not hitting that, on you. Oh, oh, okay. uh, I mean, if it's okay if I am, yeah. but you know, but it was one of those things. And it, she, she said this. Why did you rewind it? Because she was saying so many profound things. She was kicking me in the nuts all the time because I was so hard headed as a male, like, I don't need to listen to this shit. She had more points, but the biggest point that I had him rewind three times was, was she had spoken in front of a number of troops that were in Iraq or they were in Afghanistan. They were in some war and she, she stood up, she asked people what vulnerability was. And somebody stood up and said, it's courage. And And she said, you can't have one without the other. And I was like, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like with you, you talk about it and today, you know, that was five years ago. Okay. My head was still pretty hard, different languaging, but for you coming here from a country, a language barrier and all the things you've learned. So we've talked about the, the trip, the tenacity it took. So tell the viewers here, what has been the greatest gift that you received because of coming here in 1994? The greatest gift that I have received is the love of people. Really, I'm serious. If you open your heart and you be vulnerable, people out there that will help you. You know, you can't be a lonely wolf. It, it doesn't work. Some people, they say that, but I am a people person and I owe everything to people around me in my circle. Really? Yeah. I am so grateful to have people like you in my life or like, you know, a couple of my other friends and we have a tight circle. But I love people because I believe we all have a story and we all can learn from other people. Absolutely. It's, it's just I, I I love that. And I'm I'm gifted that I can connect with people. They put a nickname for me, the connector. And, that is true. And, you know, I have so many connections, but I don't ask them what they do. I, you know, I just get to know him and I. I love having people around me that they can motivate me and push me to the edge and they say, I believe you, you're going to get better. You're going to do better. And then some people, you know, along the way, they're going to be negative. They're going to just be so, you know, poisoned to your life and you have to cut them off. You know, it's like pukers and doubters. Exactly. I have a severe allergy to negative people. I can't. It's like. We have that the, in common. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. It's nothing against negative people or... Oh, no, it's all against you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, you guys bitch and moan if your ice cream's yeah. cold or your coffee's hot. I, yeah. Stay the fuck away from me. Yeah, I, and I, him. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't really deal with it because life is too fucking short. You know, you know, it, 
you have one life and then the only thing you cannot buy is time. Well, I have to waste my time with the people that I don't learn from. My daddy always tells me, if you hang around with seven losers, you will be the eighth one. If you hang around with seven smart people, you will be the eighth one. It's about all about your environment and I'm grateful to God that I have a great environment and the people that they're always encouraging me. And they, I'm there for them, you know, like with my talk show, with everything that I do, I'm, I'm here for people. Like, I help them because giving is better than receiving because by giving, you create a better life for yourself and for your people around you. Do absolutely. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. you are the giver. I, look, that is one thing that we, it's so funny. Remember we met that night? We had never oh, met. Yeah. At the at uh, one of our friends, yes. it was, we had never met. We got in a part. We, we that was amazing. That's it was, why it's so. It, it, it was like a, it was like all of a sudden we connected. Yes, and both of our wives looked at each other. And, and I never looked, asked you what you do for a living. No, we're just talking. And, and they they're looked smoking at us. a cigar. Have one. Yeah, we're having whiskey. drinks. We're smoking cigars. And our wives looked at us and then looked at each other <laughs> and then did this. Oh shit! Because yeah. it was that connection. It was yes. the connection on a. I call it a molecular level. Like we just had so much in common. And it's really funny because I went back and I was talking to my son who you met first. Exactly. Right? Opposite and, you. Totally opposite. Totally opposite. Smarter, um, better looking. He's got the chiseled jaw. I mean, got a great family. You know, that's what we want from our kids, right? They want them to be better. But he, I was, you were like, we're, you guys father. Yeah, totally father, son. But yeah, he's definitely smarter than I am. But it's, it's one of those things like, we just connected, and yep. it was so funny. You want a cigar? Hell yes. Let's just talk. And we started having these philosophical conversations just about people and life and all that. It was so funny. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's it's so interesting. I love that about giving, giving, giving because, you know, there's that portion of us that are takers, right? And, and that's, takers. that's sad. I, I have seen it. You have seen it. I have so many people take advantage of me and then – one of my friends said, you really let him do that? I said, what do you want me to do? It's between them and God, you know? Oh, yeah. They got I karma's what a I bitch. Yeah. yeah. I said, I did what I had to do, and I just helped them, and they're going on. And, you know, I'm just saying, as I said earlier, we, we know, we're not perfect either, but we're not the takers. I can tell you that. I am not. I know you are not. We are always helping people. But some people out there, they are like that. Some people are out there that... And, and I think we've all been surrounded with them. And, 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 you know, he had some great points there. It's really interesting. That's what you and I, we yeah. can do politics. Yeah. Well, I, I got, <laughs> we'll talk about that someday. I did get into politics um, for a short period yeah. of time. And that was a are second. Are you serious? Yeah. We'll, that, we'll wait for that one for a few yeah. series. Because that one, I wow. learned a I lot. I know about that shit. Yeah. I learned a lot about takers and leaving you stranded on an island all by really? yourself. Oh, yeah. They prop you up. But when things go sideways, they run for cover. So, yeah, we, you will find us on political conversations and, you know, religious conversations. You know, we're, we don't differ a lot, but we, I, you know, going back to the pukers and doubters, I'll tell you this one time. So um, I used to be physically fit, um, and this was a long time. You're still time. pretty good, baby. I, I'm still pretty good. I'm not in quite the shape, but I had a good friend. His name was Jay. It was, is Jay. And... Um, I, that, this is back in seven, eight, nine. If you remember, I was in the building product industry back then. <laughs> I listened to every BBC, oh, NBC, God. CNN, CNN Headline, Fox, ABC. I mean, I listened to all of them. Man, I had an opinion of everything. I remember one day he's like, we went for a bike ride. We were going out for a bike ride. And he's just like, man, you're just a 
he didn't use these terms, but I knew what he meant because he was a professor. He's so cool. He's like, you're an asshole. Every time you talk about this, you know everything. You're you're just an asshole. And I was kind of like, it was a very quiet, considering I'm pretty talkative. It was a pretty quiet ride. And then I went home like any good man did, and I went and complained to my wife. <laughs> and my wife's like, yeah, you are. When you get on the subject of politics, and, you know, at that time, seven, eight, nine, you know, it was the housing. Yeah. You know, we'd been through a lot. We're fighting in Afghanistan. I had an opinion about everything. And at that moment in time, I had to make a conscious choice who I wanted to be. And a buddy of mine gave me the book, The Energy Bus. I heard that. I never read it. Uh, you will be reading it. Yeah. Um, but it was it's a book, and it's um, and it, it resonated with me. It, it got up, and it just... Right between the eyes. Wow. And at that moment, it wasn't, you know, it's not overnight, guys. It's not overnight. You have to, these are choices. And Rami's talking about his choices, my choices. And since that day, I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. I'm I, informed. I I'm very informed. Don't even think that I'm not, but I'm very informed. And I'm not going to sit here and be, you know, wear the red hat or the go, what's his name on this show. I'm not going to be that guy. But I had to make a choice that's taking myself out of situations of political conversations and getting rid of all the if it leads, it bleeds conversations because it it totally it made me a different person. You know, you look at your, you know, six degrees of separation, three degrees of separation. We yep. are the equal sum of the eight people we surround ourselves with. Well, I surrounded myself with a bunch of um, people that had a lot of opinions, but none of them had fact. And yeah, I'm talking to you. If you're in the news media, you can go fuck off. I don't care. Um, but it turned me into a different person. And I can show you statistically from people and loved ones how this has affected their lives because they get so caught up in that negativity. And I refuse to be one of those anymore. You know, you. I'm so happy you mentioned that for politics and everything else. Somebody, I remember, you know, one of my friends, like, not long ago, he asked me how you felt, you know, how is it feeling that you'd be in the war with all this politics when you were there? And I said, you know, as a soldier, you you don't think about politics. The only, you can't. You can't. You only, you know, you'll get right, righty, lefty, right wing, left wing, you know, blue, you know, whatever it is. I said, the only thing you care is a man next to you. That's all it is. You don't care about the president. You don't care about anybody. You're just trying to save the person next to you. That's all it is. And politics, you know, I never got into it. As you said, I don't I don't listen, but I'm informed. I don't listen to news. But right now with the shit that's going on, everybody's panicking. We are in the recession, they say. Oh, we're there. We're there. They said depression. I said, I don't think so, but we are different in transition. We're going to digital transition, AI, digital currency, dollar. You, you oh, yeah. The, the dollar is scary. If you guys aren't paying attention... You're, you're dumb as fuck. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, you know, that's, we are, we are heading for something. And I mean, ask yourself this question for a second. So I don't care if you're 15, you're 80. I am 54 years old. In my lifetime. You haven't seen. I have never seen McDonald's do a layoff. Are you serious? Yeah. I never- I mean, think about that for a second, everybody. Holy shit. Yeah, think about that for a second. McDonald's, now we, look, 
this is not a political conversation, but Rami, if you were losing $4 million a day, do you have $4 million to lose every day? No. Okay. So all you people that are going to be on this, you probably smarter. So you won't watch this, but for Twitter to lose $4 million a day, right? Okay. He made some radical cuts. Okay. So now you look at that. Now you look at Tesla, you look at Google, you look at Facebook. Facebook has never done. Facebook has never been told by their board of directors. You're not going to spend more money. He's never been told that, but now a public company. Okay. We got layoffs. We got, we got Google. We got all of the big tech going and now we're starting to see the trickle effects, you know, McDonald's, right? Walmart in their distribution places. These are all real things. It is time to pay attention in business. Yes. It is time to pay attention. Listen, action coach, business. Listen, guys. This is important. I'm serious. Yeah, this is this is one of those times when we're we're prepping people. So let's go backwards. Let's go backwards to 2006, seven, and eight. If you were in the building product industry back then, most of the country did not know what was going on until you had the big three banks collapse: Goldman Sachs, yep. Freddie Mae, Fannie Mae, or Fannie Mac, Freddie Mac. Fred, I don't get the names all messed up, but. Those three banks collapsed, and then from there it was a it was a downhill spiral. Ripple effect, yeah. right? So we're in Texas, all right. We're pretty we're we're pretty isolated. We have a lot of industry. We have a lot of tech boom. We have housing. We have 150 people a week or even a day, depends on who you talk to, moving here. So we have some isolation effects, and we saw that. But if you look at that, um, economy collapse, jobs follow. And if you looked at yep. Detroit and Chrysler and GM and Ford, now Ford didn't take the buyout, but Ford was research people. They did some strategic selling of assets in order to protect themselves with money. GM, Chrysler didn't. I haven't seen any reports. I could look that up, but I won't. So it's one of you guys out there. Look it up. Let's find out if they actually paid the government back. You can look forward. So we had the massive collapse, housing shortage, unemployment when, you know, 20, 2007, 8, 9, 10, right into 11, right? We started coming out of it again. Then you fast forward to COVID, right? We were blessed. We have coaches all over the world. Um, we were getting real-time information from our coaches in Australia, New Zealand. Um, I've got some really good friends that are in Korea and Taiwan. And um, they were giving us real-time information of what was going on. So here in the United States, we were talking to people, uh, our clients, about what is coming and what to do if the government were to shut you down. And everybody's like, oh, no, No. they'd never do this. Oh, they did. But we couldn't react. So as we sit here unfiltered, the fact of the matter is one of my huge pet peeves with all business owners is I know. I know this. What what the fuck is that? You ask everybody to say, I know it. I think this goes back to what you said. You don't want to be vulnerable. And what the fuck? If you don't tell me what you need, what are your weaknesses is, and why did you hire me? Like I went to Andy and I said, Andy, I need help. And he said, what? I said, I need this, 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 and I don't know shit. And he said, okay, thanks for being honest. Let's put a plan together. We put a plan together. I got a homework. If you don't do that, what the fuck you expect? Well, so many people are hurt. Think about this for a second. You you are an anomaly. You're an absolute anomaly. People, most people 
would never even buy the fucking ticket, Ramen. Nobody would buy the ticket. They would be like, oh, I'm never leaving home. I, I, w- I was a coward. I was not brave. I was talked out of going to the military. I, I wasn't brave. I could At 18, 19 years old, I could have never done that. My ego was too big. I was an imposter. You, you are an anomaly. Many business owners today, they come in feeling they know everything. And they might. They, they absolutely might. But unless you're willing to be open to learn something, like I just said, McDonald's. McDonald's is doing layoffs. That's... Not, not, not just the stores, because they have a hard time finding people, but their corporate office. The executive level. The executive level. So it's time to start paying attention. We need to start paying attention now because we know later this year, there's going to be problems with our economy. There's going to be problems with the value of the dollar. And no, I'm not telling you to stick your money in a mattress like they did in the 30s. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying is there's ways to protect your business. And there are also ways to put your head in the sand and not pay attention. I told you here once, I'll tell it to you a thousand times. One of the driving factors is business failing. It drives me crazy. You know, in COVID, I personally sent over 20 businesses to a bankruptcy attorney. Wow. 20. Wow. When you look at all the different employees and all the different, you know, at, at the end of the day, the business owner, it's horrible for him and his family or her and her family. But you look at all the people that it affects, you know, yeah, the customers will go buy somewhere else. But it affects, you know, your liabilities, your 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 debt. It's it's a it's a trickle downward. This coming up in 2023 here, it's, it's gonna, real. It's it's really is fucking it gonna real. Be a rough one. I would say it's going to be rough for certain. Discorded. I heard discorded. I, I, or, I, you know, again, we can't tell, right? Yeah. The the Fed is doing everything they can to stave off a recession, and every time they raise the rate, you know, the Dow jumps. The, the index jumps. It starts jumping. People are defying the odds right now. I, I, I don't know when it's going to hit. I am not. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not that fucking smart. I just know that you as a business owner, you guys as business owners, the most important thing to start doing is shoring up your business. System. Process. Amen. Device. Yeah. Amen. I'm telling you, I've been in the business for many years, but I can tell you that one thing it would kill most of the business is they don't have a process in the system. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're like, I know the system and process. It's right here. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. You know, I, you know, it's you got to have it. You can't have a half-ass system. Well, but but so many people. It's going to get you killed, man. Well, let me ask you this. Military. Did they, just, did they just let you go on your gut, or did they just train the shit out of you? Fuck no. You know, before every mission we took, we had to go through so much shit to make sure everything is okay. But shit happens, you know, 5% things. But you have to be prepared from the radio guy, from the sniper guy, from the name it, from the mapping, you know, the target, the, the, the location, the, every shit. It has to be. Like, we had process. 
you do this if that doesn't happen you do that we had maps like a really technical maps and you know and then you but come why to, because, why because we don't want it we didn't want to fail we don't want to fail the mission right you guys you guys had plans Backup, like I said, I was never in the military. It's one of my greatest study we had, facts. You had plans, backup plans, backup so, plans to backup, backup plans. But sometimes the backup plan would never work sometimes, and you had to be in the situation that you had to just do what you trained for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and most there of the businesses. Do what you're trained for. And most of the business, they never train for. They react. They react. I agree with you 100%. They react. I mean, look, I'm in business. I, I can tell you we reacted. We've reacted a lot. We we react because we're humans. I did it too. Oh, we all do it. I mean, it's it's life, business, life, business. It is the, it is the most vicious, loneliest circle you can ever be in. Entrepreneurship. Oh, entrepreneurship. There it is, people. There it is. You want to be a fucking entrepreneur? Yeah, listen to us. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be an entrepreneur? Do not run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, don't look in the lion's eyes. It will eat you. No, it's going to be lonely, dark. But is it lonely with coaches? uh, Is it lonely with friends? No. Is it lonely with teams? No. As your team looks, they look so bored right now. <laughs> I know, I know. They are bored. They are working behind the camera. Yeah, they're, saying, they're, they're, what the fuck this guy are talking about? We're talking about, about shit. Hey, do you guys yeah. know what the yellow pages is? You don't. They know. don't. They they totally yeah, don't. don't they, know, like guys. we said, cassettes, and they all just glazed over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love this. But but they, they are cool. But oh, they you are. Know, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff is happening right now. But my question for you is how really bullet points, how we can get ready for it. We don't know what's going to happen business-wise. What we should do today, at least to prevent something. Okay. Not, not, you know, as far as the business. It doesn't matter. You're a startup. You are a, you work with a lot of SMBs and all that stuff. What people should do? What do you think? Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of this, and we're going to be – we test and measure everything. If there's anything that we learned from 2008 and what we didn't learn in COVID was this. Every business that had a cash reserve, cash reserve, whether it's one month, three months, six months, a year. Some of you guys out there are laughing right now like, oh, that's bullshit. No, it's real. And you don't have it. You basically fuck. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing about it. Well, (laughs) so we tell every business owner, here's one of your great stability points. You need two A's, a B, or two A's, two B's, and... That will help you. So you need an accountant. You have to have an accountant or attorney. You you dumb fuckers that think that accountants cost too much. They are your save butt button. Yep. They are your absolute save butt button. Your attorney, same thing. You want those. You need, you need a business banker, not a commercial banker, a business banker that can tell you how to invest your funds. You need a business coach. Amen to that. And, and you also need... That's the first area because all of those are included in your your team. And what is it? Every one of those people should bring you an ROI in your business. So that's one thing. The next thing that you need, it's cash, people. If you have been cash living- Cash is the king. It, cash is the king. What we found in 2008, 9, and 10, businesses that had cash on hand, whether it was one month or three months or whatever it is, 
they were able to move forward because it gave them leverage with the banks. So why do you need a banker? It's so funny to me that I talk to hundreds of business owners a year and they're like, well, my, it's none of my banker's business what my finances look like. Well, what we found out with COVID, all you people that are smarter than the bankers, when you don't have a relationship with your banker and they haven't seen your financials for three or six or eight months or a year, and then you go to them and you want money, guess what? They're telling you to fuck off in a polite way. They're blaming it on the committee, you know, the loan committee, but it's really your fault. And that's the fact. You need to be able to show 12 months of financials to your banker because now they see a track record. So if your banker you have been working with for the last 12 months and they have a good, clear eyesight of what your financials have been, your ups, your downs, your revenue, profit, your retained earnings, things that move the business forward, it makes it easy. Because then they can go to the loan committee and go, hey, these people need a line of credit or these people need to buy some equipment or they need this or they need that. And it all becomes easy. But cash is the key. You've got to start putting money away. And I don't mean putting money away in spite of your face, right? Don't cut your nose off. It's do it smart. If you're not, if you're a million dollar business and you spend $999,999, you are not a viable business. Okay. Real profit, real gross profit on the top line because higher numbers on the top line lead to better numbers on the bottom line. Second, another bullet point. I lost count. I talk too much. It's, is it the whiskey or the bourbon? Is is it whiskey? Okay, the whiskey. Yeah. The next good. area that you need to really start paying attention to is get your fucking personal finances in order. That's so important. Get your personal finances pulled out of your business. Yeah. Okay. I know so many people that they do that. Oh, you know, it's a business expense. You get fucking audited, you screwed, dude. Well, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do some of it, yeah. but right now you're but going into everything. a recession. Don't go buy a fucking boat this summer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go buy a new I pickup this summer. People do that. Yeah, they do it all the time. Oh, hey, I need a new boat. I want to put a new deck on the house. Great. It's not Figure out time. how to do it. It's not. Yeah. So these are just some of the areas, and we'll talk more about it over the next six months of things you need to do, but right now it's time to start paying attention. The most important thing you can do is be informed. Look at your business. You know, I could sit on my soapbox for hours right here, but it's be informed. And then try to just learn and ask. A lot of people, I totally agree with you, that they don't want to, they don't want to step out of their comfort zone. They don't want to just you know, put the effort for just learning and, you know, just adapting new things and asking. You know, I ask people every day. I text you sometimes. I ask, hey, Andy, what do you think about this and that? You know, that's the key. That's the key. You can't be in the box. Oh, my God. We ask people all the time. You know, we we work with Andy, and what was it, two, three days ago, I already did my homework. And he asked me, give me 71 fucking characteristics of the good clients. God damn it. 71. (laughs) And I was reading. I said, how the hell am I going to come up with 71 characteristics of a good client for my business? I did it. It was fucking tough. But because I got to 20, 30, and I said, okay, what, what else? And I had to get into putting myself in the client's shoes. I said, 
okay, okay, I gotta do this again. But I did it. I did it. It was not easy, but I did it. But if you don't want to do the shit, nothing gonna work. Is that yeah, true? That is absolutely true. But look at now you have a clear line of sight who your ideal client is. So many people when COVID hit, man, they were just looking for people who could have a heartbeat and fog a mirror. We just had a client today. I just told yeah, you. Yeah, you just that. told me that. I just told him that he just 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 sent me an email. They said, "Oh, we're gonna take our stuff inside the house. Uh, we do not need your assistant anymore." It was a pretty good sized client. And what you're gonna do? You're gonna go, you know, go after the agreements, clients, contract. What the fuck? It's not gonna work. But you know, but you have to go back. What was the reason? How did you fail? Or what was it? Is a good client? It wasn't match or whatever was it. But it happens. Shit happens. Were you afraid to lose that client? And no, I was very disappointed. But you know, but I want to ask them why, because you know we learned from our mistakes. Oh, absolutely. We learn from. Can you give me like an exit strategy? You know, when, mm-hmm. when you know you leave the job, you know the HR calls. Yeah, and, yeah. Say, and we need. A, I think in the businesses we need to exit the strategy with our clients. Can you honestly tell me what happened that you decided you do not want to work with us? And then if they give you that and you are honest with yourself, you can go through and say, oh, I need fucking process. (laughs) I need this. I need that. And then you just be, you know, be be truth. That is is the hardest look. Most people won't look at that. Have you ever lost clients? Oh, all the time. How did you deal with it? Um, When I first started, I'd cry a lot. I'm not making that up. Look, oh, I used fuck. to be, Are you serious? Oh, my God. God I it. used to care so much about clients that they would quit. I would be ruined, ruined by losing a client. But now? I, I'm, I'm always disappointed. I'm always, I'm not disappointed in them. I'm disappointed in me. Yeah. I'm disappointed in our team because if a client's not getting results that he is looking for, that is ultimately my fault. Now, yes, I know they have to do the work, but it's my job to, our team's job, our, our quite big team's job to coach clients through getting results. That's on us. Now, yes, we have personality conflicts. We have, I'm not good for people. They're not good for me, but that's why we have a team of coaches, right? Because they can yeah. like, oh, you're 30 something. I am the wrong person to coach you. I don't think like you. Yeah. My partner the other day said something so profound and it's so interesting to me. And I'm, it's been stuck in my head for since the Saturday that we went to Nashville. And he said this, when a person has self, is it um, deprecating conversations? Like I'm fat, I'm not tall, I'm ugly. That negative energy is putting off on others. I I absolutely. I, and I didn't know that. I've never thought of it like that. It's I, been it's been rumbling around in my is head. It like it is the energy that would transfer. Yeah. So, but it also goes with clients. Yeah. And when a client quits, or we're afraid of firing clients, we live in fear that there's never any more the scarcity mindset. Yeah. Scarcity so mindset. It, early on in my career. You have to remember, this is all I do for 13 years. This is it. This is, I live here. You lose one client, you said, that's it, I'm out. Yeah, and that was exactly it. And in our next episode, I'll tell you how I lost 12 in three months. Whew. 
but it goes to energy some other yeah. time for the, maybe next call. Yeah. But uh, my energy, my aura, for all you guys that think that's hokey, you can fuck off. Um, I believe in alternative energy. I believe in um, faith. I believe in that there's there's a bigger spirit than me. I believe that absolutely. But my energy, my my aura was putting off such a bad aura that people can see it. And when DMH said that, I was like, that is so profound. And then we had another conversation like a day later. We can't be scared of losing clients. And I didn't tie the two together. But they're so equally tied together that self-deprecating talk or not wanting to fire a client and they tie together in the, my energy's bad because then I'm a, Oh my God, I'm, I have to keep you. Oh my God, there's never enough. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it was this real awakening for me. Like, Oh my God, that's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely powerful. But you know, uh, you know, we can talk all day, but you know, I'm talking to you people, viewers, listeners, this podcast is all about unfiltered naked truth and you can ask any question. Oh, yeah. What you have to do just, you know, we we're going to have an email like andy at unfilterednakedtruth.com, rami at unfiltered. We put all that in the in the description of the podcast, but please go ahead and ask us the question. If we can answer it, we answer it. Yeah, we if, will. We'll yeah, be happy to. We, we if we will. don't have an answer, we will find it. We answer. will find it. We, we will, will find, find an answer. answer for you. But look, if you're going to get on there and be a troll and how smart you are, go ahead and do yeah. that too. We yeah. don't care. We'll make fun of you on the site here and let everybody know. The whole purpose of what we do here, we are busy. He's busy. I'm busy. We're not making any fucking money out of this shit. No. But what we're trying to do is just help other people, especially with his experience, with my little bit of experience. No, no. All, you all, have massive experience. Do all, not cut yourself short. Do all not. that stuff, we are trying to really... Raise the bar for the people out there because we believe that if you raise your standards, you can achieve anything. I'm telling you. Oh, this you, is absolutely true. Yeah, you, you know, and and I firmly believe that if you take one thing away from this and you execute in your business and you find success, we win. Absolutely, we win. It's it's look. We're gonna have a lot of fun here. We're gonna. We're this gonna is see the first week. episode, but we're gonna have an episode every week. We're gonna post on an anchor, you know, anchor, Apple, name it everywhere. Yeah. We have a great team. They're gonna execute, but this is gonna be amazing. I love chatting with this guy and hanging out with him and drinking whiskey and the tiramisu. And oh, every time we're gonna we're gonna try. I'm gonna something. be back at two thirty-seven. You yeah. keep bringing this shit. <laughs> But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Cheers we, to you. We greatly appreciate, guys. And as I said again, we love you. I hope you love us back. And, you know, give us a comment. You know, share this. If you think somebody, uh, you know, would learn something, please share, share it. Share it if you even want to offend somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Just say, look at these two assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here. Cheers We're here. to you Cheers guys. Cheers to you. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>